This is Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn practical strategies to drive consistent and predictable growth. Unfortunately, many leaders look at driving efficiency growth when things get bad. When it's tough to raise money, customers aren't spending as much as they used to, or people like your board start asking questions. The solution to this is to constantly focus on driving efficient growth, keeping costs low, driving revenue as high as possible with the least amount of resources. In this episode, Brad Rosen, president of Sales Assembly, shares how you can do that at your company, even if you've never done it before. You'll learn metrics to help you track efficiency, how often you should be tracking them, why you need company-wide buy-in for this, how you can leverage your managers to help you suggest ways to track efficiency, and a ton more. I hope you enjoy it. Brad, welcome to Metrics and Chill. I'm really glad uh, you know Mason introduced us. It was like, for listeners, it was a funny setup because Mason had a really clever post, I thought, which was like, hey, is anyone running a podcast out there? Like, let's collaborate. And... Um, when you know when I saw your credentials and kind of what you were what you were interested in talking about, I was like, yeah, I want to talk to Brad on the show. He lined it up, so thanks for being willing to kind of jump on randomly. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, when he had mentioned it, I, I know a lot of your uh, former guests, and so I'm excited to be part of this. And thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah. No, honored to. Um, so for listeners, uh, the concept we're going to be talking about today, as it impacts predictable growth is using data to dig into employee efficiency and how employee efficiency can relate back to revenue. So I guess let's start here, Brad. What, what, explain what you mean by that. Like when this is something that you, a concept you use to drive more predictable growth, what does that encompass? Yeah, um, I think what's interesting is that depending on the time that we're gonna have this conversation, what's going on in the market, as well as like the company size, this conversation could go many different ways. Um, when you first start out, you know, you're bootstrapping or you have some seed round or something, uh, you're looking to be efficient with your, your people and your time because you really only have a finite amount of time and, and resources. Then you start to scale, maybe you raise some money and then your efficiency at some point starts to kind of dwindle in the name of growth, right? Like you're looking for high growth mm -hmm. as opposed to necessarily efficiency and you just want to drive that growth so you're okay with like less less efficient people but more people and then um potentially like as you start to get even bigger you get to be like closer to an ipo or things where there are other pieces of scrutiny like you might need to become more efficient and profitable and things like that um or you could have external factors such as hypothetically <laughs> a, you know a slowdown within our uh, b2b tech community such as the one we're going through right now and then everybody shifts to that immediately regardless of like where you are in your life cycle of your company and um so i think from an efficiency standpoint it's super interesting to look at how companies think about hiring training developing their talent and then how are they best using their resources like how are they deploying their capital to ensure that they're seeing growth, but not growth at all costs, like growth, smart growth, that's being efficient with the capital that we're deploying. And um, typically that means not growing maybe as fast as like you could, but doing it in a smart way so that you're sustainable long-term. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to dig into this topic. Out of curiosity, so where, when did this kind of like come onto your radar? Like you said, you you see some, like definitely now I see more people talking about lean growth. We've had a couple of guests come on and talk lean growth, right? Um, not that surprising. And then you have like voices who have kind of always been advocates for it. Like I'm thinking of like the base camp team and stuff like that, that are not growth yeah. at all costs, make the most of what you have. Um, but when, 
what do you think, like what, what, where did this come onto your radar and what kind of drove like a focus, an increased focus on this for you? Yeah. Um, I think as we, so I helped grow G2 kind of from the bound, the ground up um, from zero. And so there were times when we were just looking to grow and then there were times where we were like, okay, we need to be thoughtful about like, what is our revenue per headcount, right? What is our uh, customer acquisition costs? And so like, what is like from a sales and marketing perspective, like how much are we spending to acquire our customer service customers? Uh, how many customers should each CSM service and what, like how big should their book of business be? What's the return on the average OTE for a rep and how much should we be seeing and what's the industry standard? Like those are the type of metrics that I would start to look at is from a business perspective, to understand if we were driving um, efficient growth and we were doing it well. And uh, unfortunately, most people focus on that when times are not good, because that's when like people start asking questions, basically, right? right. Um, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> capital is harder to come by. And so then you have to make tough decisions. Um, so like through that journey, I definitely had different points of running different teams and thinking about different um, inflection points of the company about that. Um, and then uh, joined sales assembly a few years ago, and completely different business model, like bootstrap, fully profitable. Um, and so we're constantly thinking about how many folks do we have on staff? How do we continue to drive efficient growth? So like, that's not only in just like the go-to-market team, but like also in the product. So can we continue to produce products that are one-to-many so that our you know overhead and our, our variable cost for each additional customer um, is low, much like in SaaS, but we're actually like a service and we're um, tech enabled service. So same principle though, um, how do you keep the costs low and then drive revenues obviously as high as you can, um, but doing that with the, the least amount of resources. And so I think you really start to hone in when you um, don't have that like really big piggy bank sitting in there from like a big raise. And you're thinking about how do we bootstrap this? How do we use our profits to reinvest in the business? That's when it really starts to shine a light on this type of, uh, of thing. Um, I've got a few questions I'm like fiercely jotting down. I'm sure more, <laughs> more will come up. Um, so I guess a couple questions to kind of get my arms around it and we'll kind of dive into a couple specifics. Um, who is, I, I guess the first place to start would be, are, are there certain departments that are excluded from this? Is this company-wide, like all departments? Like, is there an assumption that certain departments are just pretty high? Or is this something that like, you know, RevOps or a chief operating officer or something would go through and say, okay, we're going to measure the efficiency, like the average efficiency of every department and where it's low, where then we're going to zoom in, you know, with a microscope and, uh, or a magnifying glass and kind of like dive in and fix some of those issues. Like, or is this only in sales? Is it only in go to market? Like how, how do you think about this? Yeah, I'd say from a company perspective, when you're talking about a COO or someone like myself who's running kind of the overall operations of the total company, you should be looking at it from an overall profit margin standpoint, but harder um, on an individual basis to measure when you get outside of the go-to-market team, right? Because if you're talking about like, say, development, um, you would probably think about it in aggregate of like, how much are we spending on development or how much are we spending on R&D? How much are we spending on you know, new features and then like, what is the return of all of that um, work that we're putting in? So that's more in aggregate of like, do we have the right team to build to get to that final amount of revenue that we have? And so just thinking revenue over total costs, like there's an efficiency metric there. When you get into the go-to-market, you can start to drill in second and third order. So 
we can say, does this team, is this team efficient, right? SMB versus enterprise, US versus APAC. Like you could start to, to segment it by team. You could also start to then segment it by person. Is this person efficient? What does their specific sales funnel look like? Are they converting the leads at the right pace? Are they able to move leads through the sales funnel quickly enough? Are they able to close deals? Are their deals at a high enough value so that they're showing a return? Typically you look at um, a, a growing company, like a good solid growing company, three to five X on like OTE to what a, a rep is bringing in. Um, and so where are you on that spectrum? And again, if you're, if you're kind of in this high growth mode, you might be closer to the three. And if you're in more efficiency mode, maybe you're closer to the five or even above it. Um, but you start to use specific like metrics for each rep in that instance. So I think depending on what uh, role you're in will depend on how you're measuring um, the team in general. But uh, you do look at customer acquisition costs. You do look at lifetime value of a customer. Those are pretty ubiquitous within our industry and looking at those metrics. Um, but those are really saying in aggregate is our team being efficient to driving revenue. And then ultimately like long-term, are we able to continue to do that? Because a lot of the cost should be upfront acquiring the customer and then ideally right. servicing and upselling the customer is much less expensive. And that's why the profit margins in those areas are so high. And that's why a lot of folks now you're hearing about that, right? Let's look at retention. Let's look at NRR. Let's look at driving upsells from our current customer base because it's in theory should be much more efficient to do that. You already have the customer. You don't have to go find them. You just have to, you know, provide a good value and show why they should spend more with you. Is if, um, well, let's start. I want to get, I want to like walk through maybe like a hypothetical B2B SaaS company, which I think would be, you know, helpful. Um, what, but you listed some really good metrics here. So just to get a total list of these for listeners, um, you said uh, revenue, you know, over total cost, customer acquisition costs, CAC payback. What are some, are there any other ones that are like super obvious top of mind that people should be tracking if they're not? Yeah, magic number is a pretty common one. So that's saying basically like how much revenue you drive in per sales and marketing expense like quarter over quarter. And so you're looking at, are you able to continually keep um, revenue above your expenses basically? I mean, if you're able to drive those dollars um, and then like revenue per employee or go-to-market employee is interesting per rep also, like how much are we driving per sales rep? Um, and then you're starting to say, okay, if that starts to go down as we grow, are we growing too fast? Do we not have the right ICP? Do we not have enough leads to go around, right? And so maybe like we're really stretching our team thin here and we could actually be more efficient if we had uh, a few less heads, but spread the love around to those heads. So those are some other metrics that I'd be be looking at to make sure um, that people are efficient. And then you have to really think about around like ramp time and how long does it take to get people up and running? Because headcount plays a big factor in this. And so when you're hiring, ramping people, um, if people leave, unfortunately, like what, is, what cost does that do to the business? And so there's a lot of variables that go into this efficiency metric. Because um, you may just think, well, Somebody leaves, then we'll replace them. But like that can take a long time. We don't know what the new person's efficiency could be. Do we have the right training in place to get that person to be as efficient as the last? Is it replicable across different segments? So um, there's a lot of metrics that you would kind of take all of those and then start to break them down, like I said, by team, by segment, by industry, potentially to see are there certain parts of your business that are more efficient than others? And that probably should then dictate where you want to invest more. 
Do you think this is something um, that you see as, you know, there's been a downturn? Like, do you, is this something more companies are leaning into? Do you feel like it's moderately adhered to as a practice? Or is this something that still a lot of companies are blind to, in your opinion? Uh, I think more companies are being asked by their management and their board to look at it. I'd say people are still um, having trouble actually pinpointing the efficiency because they probably lack the data, maybe the skill set, but probably the data and the visibility to be able to make these decisions. Um, mm. It sounds easy, but at a high level, you could say, okay, well, how much am I paying in salaries and how much are we bringing in revenue, right? Sure. Um, that's not that complicated. But when you start to talk about different funnels, different conversion metrics, um, how much of your difference in conversion metric is because of the economy versus your product versus the team that's there, there's a lot of variables again. And so you don't want to oversteer, right? Oh, we pulled back a lot of the team because we really just thought they weren't efficient, but in reality, it was an external factor. And then as things started to pick back up, we actually put ourselves behind the eight ball. So you also have to have some, like there's definitely a science to it as far as data. But there's also an art to it in the sense of like understanding what is the data telling me and then ultimately like what should we be doing based on those two things what's the data say what is it telling me and then where do we think we're we're going with this what are the trends hey just a quick interruption in past episodes you've heard guests give advice like the first step is just like actually measuring and monitoring, right? Which sounds very fundamental, but a lot of companies don't even do that, right? If you ask for like, hey, do you have a monthly kind of report of like what's happening in the funnel? It's like, oh, well, we have this over here and we have this over here and we have the traffic data and GA. So the first thing I think is like build out, you know, a presentation uh, that you're updating every single month. Or it's way easier if you have all this stuff being centralized somewhere and can look at it. And I promise that's completely unprompted. We try to book smart B2B leaders and learn how they're driving more predictable growth, and they end up sharing advice like that. And Databox makes it easy to do all of that and more. You can track your marketing, sales, revenue, and CS performance all in one place. It lets you build custom dashboards and view metrics from over 80 tools side by side. You can schedule PDF reports that automatically update your data in real time and send to your team or your clients. You can even set up custom Slack alerts that alert you when you hit your goals or when numbers spike or dip. If you want to try it totally free, just go to databox.com or click the link in the show notes. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, that's a common theme that we hear guests talk about is like, yes, the data is helpful. Yes, it can be a guiding light, but you need the context. Like you need to apply narrative to it. And there's often two or three narratives that could, like you could use data to form, to weave two or three stories, you know, and it's it's important to like tell the right stories with it or else you could use it to actually take like the completely, make the completely wrong decision. Yeah, I mean, you can make data say basically whatever you want to say, like throw a different filter on there and I can make it say something completely different, right? Um, uh, within reason. But I guess the point being is like you said, there are certain factors that you need to put into the data to understand why it's telling you what it's telling you. So for instance, if you were to just look year over year and let's say your fiscal year ends in June, you're kind of in the you know half, instead of ending in January, you end in June. And you were to go and average your last fiscal year, all of your metrics and your conversion rates, 
it would be a mess because you'd have half of the year that was like during good economic times and half of the year during bad economic times. And so the data would just kind of give you this average of like mishmash, but really you should be only be looking at the last six months because that's probably most indicative of what's going to happen the second half of this year. And so, you know, filters, understand timing, understand inflection points, not just with the economy. Did you have a big release with your product? Did you have a very different sales cycle? You started to go up market. And so your conversion metrics were dropping. You should probably put like a, a line in the sand there to understand, okay, let's track from here on out what everything looks like. And um, that's hard to do if you're not doing it in the moment, like going back and trying to reset that data. Sometimes you can't because like you needed to have certain fields in place, workflows in place within your systems to be able to track that type of thing. Um, and so having the foresight to say, hey, I think something's happening. We're releasing a new product. Feels like you know Silicon Valley Bank or something happened where it might greatly affect our company. We should probably start to track data in a different way going forward, just so that we can look back in the future um, to be able to to try and make some some decisions. Um. So I want to take an example of like, let's say there's a small, you know, we, you referenced this earlier, let's say there's a small to, to medium sized um, B2B SaaS company and they're listening and, you know, maybe they're tracking like CAC and CAC payback, but they've never really thought about like, yeah, what is our overall efficiency? Um, you know, maybe they have some runway or whatever, but like they, it kind of sounds like what you're saying is like the best time to start measuring these things is like day one or month one. The second best time <laughs> is like today. Um, yeah. So what would be if like if if you were advising them, where are some places they could start if leadership is saying, OK, we don't have a really good handle on marketing's efficiency, sales efficiency, CS efficiency. What are some steps that they can take? who should roll this out who should own it what department should they start with like how would you recommend they get they get going all right let's start with ownership ownership is on everybody you can't point the finger at everybody else it's not like oh it's just RevOps, or, you know just RevOps, or it's just the sales leader or no like everybody has to take ownership of this because ultimately uh if you try and collect data without everybody's buy-in it's not going to work right like it's, some of it's going to have to be manual some of it's about process and some of it's instilling just data collection within the culture so like everybody has to have ownership and buy-in to the fact that like we're going to start tracking data specifically and these are the things that we really find important and so everybody has to to be on board and then i would start to say um understanding exactly marking fields around things like um we said segments so that's really important to understand where the segment is funnels especially martin you mentioned marketing a lot of times that's hard to say like when something comes in there's like multi-touch attribution there's first touch attribution there's a lot of different ways to measure things especially in marketing and so how are we we have to come to an agreement of like what are we measuring and then put that into place now because that's something really challenging to go back to and that's not something that we only want to look at on the new business side. Eventually, we actually want to take that back a year from now, two years from now. How many leads from the LinkedIn ads came through and renewed? How many are upsold versus our outbound outreach versus inbound, right? Like we should understand those funnels, not just on the new business side. We should understand them on retention as well. And so while you might be able to go back six months from now and say, oh yeah, I remember that deal it came from here or there. Uh, three years from now, you probably can't do that. So start tracking specifics around outreach. How did something get into your sales funnel? 
and then exactly like how is it tracking through so for instance uh something like a cpq is really important to be able to understand like how different contracts tie together to understand cohorts and how people are are increasing their spend for instance over time with your company but if you don't start it now it's really hard to go back um you can ask a lot of revops folks like it's really hard to go back and uh reconnect that information so yeah the sooner you can start the better ideally okay so basically this is like if you're listening and the c-suite isn't asking you to do this you can still go do this start doing it for like your <laughs> team your department if the c-suite's asking you to do it and you're not sure where to start it sounds like you're also saying like you can go to your managers and say like look the first thing we need to do is we're going to instill a culture of like, we measure this stuff. And so find, you know, like if you, for your department, find one to three metrics that you think is best reflective of your efficiency and suggest those to us. Cause it's going to be like you said at the beginning, it's going to wildly differ. And then even when you try and get down to like individuals, like, is that something that you rec, is that a level of granularity you recommend? Like when you say that, are you talking like how many tickets has this support rep answered or like how like what level of granularity does the individual look like yeah i mean you should and you should be able to most crms or support systems or all these things you should be able to pull out of that data uh, already so that's the good news and if, if i'm a frontline leader or even a second line leader um i'm doing all this already because this is what's going to help me make my case going forward for resources that i need i need another sales rep why well, because I want to sell more. Well, how do we know they're going to be efficient? Like there's there's mm. multiple questions that someone's going to ask. Or I think we should get another BDR for our team. Well, why should we do that, right? Well, I can show you that the BDR leads that are coming in are converting one and a half times you know, better than the leads that are coming in from ads. And oh, by the way, they renew 30% higher than those than all the other funnels as well. That's a better case than well, my, my reps don't have time to do outbounding and they're not really doing it that well. And they, just, they want to see some more leads that are coming from a BDR, right? Like those are two very different use cases. So like if I'm a manager, I'm doing that 100%. I'm tracking the data to help support my claims and to help with performance management. If I understand that I have certain reps that are not good at discovery or certain reps that are not good at negotiation, I'm going to train them myself. I'm going to go to a place like sales assembly to get skills development. Like I'm going to make sure that my reps are getting the training they need to be successful. And then I'll also have conviction if they aren't able to do that after all that, I have conviction in, you know, we did everything we could to make this person successful. So granularity is important. If you're looking at it from a C-suite or kind of an executive level, you should be looking at it from like an overall investment. Where are we putting our money, especially right now when it's really important to, there's a lot of trade-offs. Um, there's a, a finite amount of money that we're spending. And right now we're making trade-offs. Like, do we put it into a new tool? Do we renew a tool? Do we hire somebody? And unfortunately before it was like, yeah, we kind of do all those things or a lot of them. Now we kind of pick one. And so if we have the data to be able to definitively say, or at least with some degree of confidence that this is the right path, we should buy this tool because we're seeing that this is where our gaps are. Uh, I think that makes your decisions much, much easier and gives you the confidence to move forward. Okay. This is awesome. This is, this is super practical, super helpful. Um, I'm seeing it in my mind as you're laying it out as like the overall, like really obvious, you know, total cost, total revenue in like at the highest level. And then you've got like departmental level that are contextual to the way to, to like define, cause it sounds like then the definition of efficiency is changing department by department, right? Like you're thinking about it in different ways, like marketing, you're thinking like, 
is what we're doing actually driving pipeline and revenue? And are those leads retaining for a long time? Or like you said, like backtracking, are they actually retaining sales? It's like, are we actually closing customer support? It's like, are we actually reducing churn or encouraging upgrades? Um, so I would imagine it's being, it needs to be defined by the managers because it's, it's changing uh, department by department. That's right. And they, they inherently will know the things that they want to track because they know the levers you know, they're in the business. They understand the levers that are the differences between uh, the successful reps and the not as successful reps, or they understand the levers between growth and stagnation because they're in the business. They know the things that they need to be successful. And so those are the data points that we should be tracking. Okay. Uh, I think my last question on this topic specifically, before we get into some some lightning round questions with you, but you'll be the, you're the Guinea pig. This is the first we're, we're doing it. Oh, myself. I'm the first. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it goes really bad, I'll edit it all out. No worries. Um, <laughs> Cuts. So um, how often should companies be looking like, is this a monthly thing? Uh, is this, they open up, you know, their dashboard or spreadsheet or whatever, where they're tracking these efficiency numbers. How often do you want to be looking at this? It's like, I know sometimes with these things, too often can lead you to make mistakes. Like you make decisions that are a bit hasty and you don't let things play out. So what's the right cadence there? Yeah, I think it, it has to be grounded in two things. What's going on in your business and what's going on in, I guess, the overall economy. So for instance, like we, we mentioned before, there are inflection points. Right now there's some sort of inflection point. So you probably want to track it more often than you were. Uh, if you were tracking like quarterly, biannually, maybe annually, you probably want to look more frequently now because things are changing so quickly that you do have to make probably more hasty decisions than you did in the past. That doesn't mean like weekly necessarily. Um, but I think that's important. And then I think velocity of your deals is really important as well. When we talk about uh, sales team efficiency, marketing team efficiency, if you're selling an SMB product and typically it's 30 to 45 day sales cycle, like you best believe that you should be tracking that probably weekly, right? Like a lot of changes. If you're selling an enterprise product that's six to 12 month sales cycle, there's just not as much changing every week. And so you should probably check in on the metrics and understand where your pipeline is and um, stuff like that. But you're probably making less incremental, you're probably making more incremental changes as opposed to larger changes on a regular basis. Um, so I, I do think it has to do with your velocity as well as the environment. Um, I'm a big fan of, of constantly having it visible and transparent. The whole team can see it and not just like the sales team can see the sales goals. They should see the retention goals and the tracking and vice versa, because you should understand that's what we want is everybody marching together. And if the sales team is seeing that retention numbers are dropping, let's have a discussion as to why they're dropping. Like, is it the deals that we're selling? Is there some other thing that's going on? Um, and vice versa. So I think it's important to be transparent and then have those cross-functional meetings. Hey, sales is not seeing as many meetings as we use, leads as we want to be seeing. Let's meet with marketing. And that can happen on a regular basis because you can change up campaigns. Uh, you don't necessarily want to take a month. So I'm typically a fan of, of, of metrics uh, weekly. If not, you know, monthly probably would be like the longest period I would go. And then ideally quarterly kind of goals and priority setting um, for the team to talk about, here's our quarterly campaigns. Here's what RevOps is gonna be working on as far as driving systems and, and uh, visibility efficiency. Here's what sales is working on. Hey, it's the end of the year. So we have a you know, certain offer going on um, or releasing a new product. So we're gonna have a big announcement and let's do a big push around that. 
So you have to be collaborative, obviously, but uh, I'm a fan of, of weekly reporting so that it's visible and then quarterly priorities and getting together for more strategic discussions. Okay. Awesome. Uh, makes a ton of sense. It, it did spark one last question. So I lied about about that being the last one, but you kind but you kind of answered it halfway through, which is, I was going to say, it may be a dumb question, but I'm thinking like, if someone's doing it for the first time and they're a smaller org, it's like, how do you know what good is? Like, what does good yeah. look like? And so is it like a combo of experience? Are you looking at industry benchmarks? Are you comparing it to historic performance or like what you project you think you can do? Like how, like when, when should alarm bells be set off that efficiency is like too, too flagrant, I guess. Yeah. Um, you won't know. So that's the first thing you won't know until you start tracking. So like, just start tracking it. And then next month, you'll see what the last month was. And the next month you'll see what the last month was. And the next quarter, you can go quarter over quarter. Like at some point you just have to learn what your business is. Um, I am a fan of tracking industry benchmarks and they're all over. You can Google them or chat GPT or however you want to get your information, <laughs> you know, talk to other people and understand like how they built certain orgs. But, you know, keep in mind that you're also building something new. You know, the first, mm. you mentioned, you know, a few companies earlier on, but like some of these PLG companies, their metrics were wildly different than any other traditional B2B SaaS company as far as efficiency and, and gaining customers. So like they would be, they blew that out of the water, right? But they might have retention metrics that were different. Like there, there's a, probably some differences in the, in the business model. Um, so keep that in mind and don't always hold yourself to, well, you know, Salesforce or LinkedIn does it this way, right? right? Um, they're very different, you know, beasts. And by the way, when Salesforce was your size, they weren't as efficient as they are now. And so you can't just get worried that you're not at that size or you have a different business model. So I think it's important to start tracking, understand what benchmarks should be. And then over time, start to say, like, are we seeing our benchmarks slide? I think that's where you kind of get into um, one Wait, alarm bell, if you will, if you start to see that relative to your own benchmark, you're starting to become more inefficient. And then the second is more just around like cash in general. Like, are we burning too much cash for the revenue that we're driving? Right. Hmm. Um, and are we keeping a going concern for our business? Um, and do we think that there's like an inherent problem, which typically you'll be able to see or at least feel you're kind of like, yeah, it doesn't feel like we're firing on all cylinders and go back and look at your data. But um, I, I say start tracking as soon as you can, use yourself as a benchmark, and then look at industry standards to understand where you're trying to get to, but you don't have to necessarily be there today. Okay, awesome. This is this is so valuable, thank you. Um, all right, so now to some lightning round questions. So this is a new segment we're gonna start adding in, see how this goes. Uh, Brad is going to be the, uh, I like it. I'm the first. Volunteer. I don't know if this is going to be good or bad, but uh, we'll <laughs> you, find out. You have a chance to set the benchmark. So, there you go. um, all right. So short questions, short answers, um, just kind of fun ones around cultures of measuring and, and tracking some, you know, these things, uh, what are three metrics you track closely that you like? They don't have to be like the obvious ones, right? Like revenue or whatever. Like they can be anything. Three three metrics you track closely and how often do you track them? Um, well, we track weekly. So I guess weekly would be, you know, for all of okay. our metrics. Um, we track uh, monthly active users. So thinking about like how many people are using our platform on a, a monthly basis and is that going up or down? And we think that that's a really interesting like uh, top of the funnel indicator on customer health and, and things of that nature. Um, 
but I do think it's an interesting point that like you have customer health, but like what goes into that customer health is actually very important. Um, not just like red, yellow, green. So that'd be one uh, monthly active users. Uh, the second is around driving uh, meetings and stuff, but we, we like to do dark social. So we track how many um, posts and views we get within social media and like mainly LinkedIn. Um, Cause we do also believe that getting the word out and engaging with folks on LinkedIn is a, is a powerful business development tool. So we track that as well. And then on uh, the customer side, we're also tracking uh, kind of the number of times that we're connecting with certain customers and multi-touch to make sure that we're multi-threading within an organization and talking to, to multiple different people because we understand that people move and that decisions now are not made by one person. So those would probably be the three that we really look at and uh, find interesting for our business. Finish the sentence. Data is? Uh, data is important. Perfect. Short and sweet. Um, number one tip for B2B leaders trying to drive predictable performance. Have uh, picked specific ben uh, data that you're trying to track, start tracking it now and don't worry about like that it's not fully integrated into all your tools. Like that's the problem. We have so many tools and so much tech stack. Like if you can have a great tool, you might, you might know one um, that can help you drive uh, those things. I think it's really important, but you know, you can start with a spreadsheet and then work your way up. And I think that that's part of the issue is that people don't have perfect data and they don't have the perfect tools to start. And that's mm -hmm. the issue is like, it's really hard to just like start, just go, just like write down, like how many meetings do we have this week? How many deals did we progress? How many deals did we close? And like, start there and then work your way out and start to double click on certain, okay, how many meetings were they, who were they with? And how do we drive those meetings? Like you can start to get secondary on those things. Start with the high level metrics, track them every week, look at them, share them with your team. And I guarantee you that like thoughts and insights will come out of that. Awesome. I love it. I'm, I'm happy with those questions. Uh, this is a good oh, that's it? Oh, boy, about. I was ready yeah. for more. All right. No, uh, like yes. It. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. This is a good sign. I'll, uh, I don't know. Three, three felt like I'm a marketer. So it was like three is like the complete. Yeah, you gotta you know, go threes, like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. But you do, but you do have one more. No, I, I like that. Um, I, I, there's a vibe I've been getting a lot from the way you've been articulating this is like, um, there's a lot of like grace to fail in the way you're articulating and like, just try, like, just get started, do something to start measuring. Because I think sometimes this stuff feels like it's an all or nothing thing. Like if we can't right. track everything and answer all the questions, then like, why even begin? And it's like, even 30% of the total 100% of the metrics you want to track is better than nothing. Right. And starting now is better than starting in six months. So I love just the kind of way you've multiple times in the interview just said, like, just start, write it down and just look at it. And like, don't worry even about analyzing it right now. Um, mm -hmm. Just start somewhere. So I think that's, it's super helpful. All right. Uh, so this last section, the takeaway, what's one actionable step listeners should stop and go do after this interview? Ask each business leader what the most important metric is for their success over the rest of this year. And then like, write all those down. Those are your top metrics there. We just started, right? Like <laughs> we talked about just starting. 
go to each one of your business leaders and say, what if, if you could track one metric for the rest of the year that would drive to understand whether you're being successful or not, what would it be? Um, and yeah, I mean, sales leader might say revenue, <laughs> uh, that's possible. And you might already be tracking that, but like, okay, that's fine. We can start there. And then guess what? Like maybe in a few weeks you could say, okay, give me three more that are go under revenue that, that drive revenue, right? You can start slow. Awesome. Brad, this has been immensely helpful. Um, where can people go to follow you? Like, where do you want them to go? Check out the company. What are all the, like, go ahead and shout out all the places. We'll link to them. Yeah. No, first, uh, thanks for having me. This was, this was a great chat. Very exciting. Uh, something I'm obviously passionate about. So I appreciate you having me on and um, for all you folks out there. Uh, yeah, I'm president at Sales Assembly. And so uh, we build the foundational uh, modern skill development for go-to-market teams. So if you want to go to salesassembly.com, or uh, find me on LinkedIn, Brad Rosen. I uh, would love to connect with anybody who's listening. Awesome. If you uh, want, we'll link, we'll put those links in the show notes. So go ahead and your podcast app and, and those will be linked. Brad, thank you so much for everything and uh, looking forward to continuing to follow you on LinkedIn. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.